I was supposed to tell this story about how Kane had this girlfriend that he killed in a car crash. And it was just insane. And it ends up, I'm at a funeral home with a dummy in a coffin. Oh, my God. With Kane's mask on, pretending I'm Kane. I'm on top of the coffin having mock sex with this mannequin. Oh, my God, no. Hey, oh, and, Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah. And, and Vince is yelling at me. God damn it, do it harder, make more noise and stuff, it's got to be over the top. I really did. I screwed your brains out. Yeah. Hey, who was your favorite monkey? Uh, probably growing up, I'd, I'd say Mickey. It kind of Mickey varied your as I got older, but it, growing up, I loved Mickey. I was always a Peter guy, for whatever reason. I, I like, like Peter. Peter. Yeah. I like Peter. I like all of them, man. I just and Davy Jones and Marsha and you know all the whole thing. You know, it bums me out that that whole situation with Nesmith bums me out. I don't like yeah. it. Yeah, I know, man. One left, and it's only one. You know, if you were to go back and kind of look at some of the like groups like that, maybe not superstar groups like that that everybody knows who's died and who's not died, and, and go back and look, you probably be sad disappointed and surprised all at the same time of who's actually still living out of a lot of those groups and people we listened to growing up you know it's weird because the drummer like sometimes the drummer is the first guy to die and like the who and led zeppelin right that seemed to be yeah definitely but the then case. with the the beatles like he's one of the the one one of the two that's left hanging on in the beatles mm -hmm. In the he band might be Big the sanest one. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He might be the most normal one. Most normal. In the band, uh, in the band Big Star, the last guy left is the the drummer. The Eagles, the drummer's still hanging on while people are dying. I mean, it's uh it's very odd. Very yeah. strange. Yeah, it is odd. It is odd. And it's very sad because it seems like every time you you know look at the news or something, somebody else has passed away from that era. People were um, people may not remember, but there was you know it was two generations that were really absorbed by the monkeys because the in the in the eighties there was a huge comeback based on MTV being able to get yes those reruns cheaply they they were you know MTV was notoriously cheap <laughs> very very <laughs> really cheap. they barely paid their their VJs who couldn't make rent on some days and shit um, despite the fact that it was an extremely profitable company. And they would just reach out for anything they could that was cheap programming. They were able to get their hands on the monkeys reruns for nothing and just ran the shit out of them and, and actually were part of a monkeys kind of resurgence in the mid 80s. Uh, well, you they know, they had that that, that 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 song that came out about that time. That was then. This is now it was it was a kind huge of a, comeback, big yeah, comeback, comeback. Hit was, which was fueled in part by a whole new generation being introduced to these people. Um, right. And well, I mean, I'm sure and you and I, we didn't see like the original run of this. We, we saw them in in all in, in repeat and, and exactly. syndication yeah so that's they, they were I, something yeah my so. and my i think my brother was uh, old enough to get he was a big fan in the first go around and stuff like that but no i was uh, they were not uh, but the second time around as a phenomenon it was really something that was interesting yeah and i think it 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 god man it just lit everything up from their old stuff too because everybody of course went back to listen and it was just it was great man um uh, and and Peter and you probably know this. Peter used to come out to our area a lot and out in uh, Louisville. I heard about this. A, yeah, they used to come out there. Uh, Louisville is near Winston Salem, the same county as Winston Salem is. Right. And, and they um would have this like uh, I, I want to say as a Fourth of July kind of 
thing like a hoot nanny kind of thing or something yeah yeah at the local park or, or something it was an outdoor z kind of thing and he would somehow i, I want to say that somebody in that area knew him like yeah he had some, co- some connection in, or something there was some connect yeah there was definitely a connection there and they said hey man why don't you come out and you know check us out and we you know we pluck a few tunes you know and he came out there and apparently loved it because he came out every year after that. So Peter Tork in Louisville, North Carolina, kind of have a big connection. It was kind of weird. I liked I liked Peter a lot, but yeah, we lost uh, Michael Nesmith. Uh, so we're down to the we're down to our final monkey, which is Mickey Dolans, and uh, it's a very sad now, thing. Now, Mike, now, is it Mike Nesmith's mom has the patent on the? It was the she was the whiteout woman? She was the whiteout yeah. woman. Okay. Right, and then he was also Mike had they said a hand in helping create MTV because he pitched a show called Pop Clips, and of course they were they did this weird movie. I think it was called Headquarters. I believe that was the name of the the movie because they the had an movie, album named the Monkeys. Yeah, it was called Head. It was just called Head. Head. It was just called Head. That's right with Jack Nicholson, and it was very weird yes. and trippy, and it was like given credit as being oh this was inspiration for creating music videos and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, I can. Well, you can take that movie and do whatever you want to with it. You you can break that down however you want. I don't. I don't it's, a, it's, a, it's a it's a it's a straight up acid trip. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Um, it's kind of like uh, the wall before the wall almost, but um, very, very much so. It's and it, uh, it it's very weird yeah. and trippy and all that stuff. Well, I think Michael Nesmith was like the. He was kind of like the. I'm not saying the rest of them were dumb, but I think he was like he had a lot of uh, intelligence about him and. And I think at one point, and I want to say when they came back and did that, that was then, this is now comeback. Yeah. I want to say that he didn't do it. It was almost, and, it, and he kind of got the idea that it was kind of beneath him at that point. But right. I, I, I want to say he came back around, and I know he and Mickey were really tight the last few years, you know, before Mike died. So Well, they played their last show just a couple of months ago together. That's right. That's right. Yeah. They sure so. did. I think they were in, well, they were those West Coast shows weren't they? I don't think they came. LA, out. it was like LA, it was like I don't yeah. want to say it's a Hollywood Bowl, but it was it was out in LA somewhere. Gotcha. Yeah. And so yeah, so that's that's part of why the, what the shock is. But yeah, he he had this show that he pitched to somebody called Pop Clips, and that eventually was something that was kind of transformed into MTV. Hmm. Which, as you recall, at least sixty percent of MTV's early inventory was Rod Stewart videos. That's all right. <laughs> it was because like, it could have been worse. Rod Stewart bought into the the whole thing very quickly, and they would play like videos of hot legs on Midnight Special and shit like that. So they would have to play that one. <laughs> over yeah, and over and over they, again. yeah, they would play some like um, because they did play uh, videos from like before MTV because sometimes not all the time, but you know, like hot legs, for instance, that, mm-hmm. that they cut that, that made a video of it before there was such right. thing as a video channel or that's right. You know, really anywhere to watch. I don't even know where they play it. Like on Dick Clark, like American bandstand or something well, like shit. midnight special know. or they, they play midnight, midnight special, play a midnight special for sure. Like, uh, you know, Bohemian Rhapsody is another one where they just cut up some kind of movie and had that thing ready to go for yes. years and years before there was a, an MTV or a video right. channel or anything like that. Right. 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 So, yeah. Uh, I guess we need to talk about Jeff Hardy. Yeah. Well, we have we have two people. One I don't want to die of an overdose, and one that I wish would. Uh, Chris Jericho and Jeff Hardy. Can you guess which is which? <laughs> I have a pretty good idea, yeah. We start with Jeffrey Nero Hardy, who, of course, had his problems in Edinburgh, Texas. He came to the ring fucked up. He exited the match, and I think exited through the crowd. Yeah, one I saw um, he did. 
he was sent home immediately, did not make his appearance in Corpus Christi. Uh, they then offered him the let's make a deal door number one, door number two of go to rehab or get fired. He chose, I'm going to get door fired. Door number four? <laughs> That's what he chose. <laughs> and he, his wife and his brother are still telling us that he's okay. He's all right. We know where he is. He's not under a bridge somewhere. Matter of fact, um, Beth Hardy's uh, tweet a couple days ago said, uh, Jeff is fine. I'm. We are fine. Now go tweet everybody that you heard that and yeah. heard in parentheses. In Again, this is, this is the problem. The gossip surrounding your husband is really the problem, not your hu- husband's multi-year chemical dependence issues. That's the, the problem is that people are talking about it and possibly are concerned about him, I don't know, dying. That the problem is people gossiping around you. <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm sorry. I know you're not supposed to assume on anything yeah. in life, but you know, I've also learned in life that if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck, sure, it's a you know normally it's a duck. So well, I, there's your there's your Occam's razor, right there. Exactly. Perfect example. I you know pardon the fuck out of me for thinking that Jeff Hardy may be on drugs again. Oh, and I'm so sorry. Like, right. I mean, it's not like it's a bad thing that we think that. I mean, why wouldn't we? I mean, we're human. We're Of course we're going to think that because of the shit you just said of everything that's going on in his past. I mean, we come to, it's what we call in psychology class, it's what co- we call coming to conclusions. It you is, know? based on evidence, I think. I based think on based, evidence. Yeah, I believe there's Jesus. some evidence to show that your husband has a problem with chemicals with alcohol and, and I, I i have i'm having a little bit of trouble on this one uh with compassion because i know it's a disease i know that he's he's in uh, some sense powerless over whatever chemicals that he's going for i i just also know that at some point in time you have to in your life reach out for the help that's been given you which has been happening. I mean, it's happened to him for many, many years, for a long time. So I, I have, I have a lot of, um, I don't know. I have a lot of mixed emotions when it comes to Jeff Hardy. I, I don't want Jeff Hardy to die. I don't want him to suffer and hurt his family with this. And I think he can be, he can be fixed, cured, treated. I mean, there is no, there is no cure for dependence. You just treat it and you go by one day at a time. And but you, there's, you have to first off admit, I've got a problem. This isn't right. I, I need to make changes in my life so that I'm not doing this thing. Doesn't it seem I, like, though, in a way that he's admitted that he's got a problem, but he just doesn't want to really confront it or, or go all the way? It's like he goes like 75, 80% and just says, fuck it. Yeah. I, it's I, either you know, That's what it seems like. I, it's either like the penalties that he's paying for being addicted to drugs and alcohol, whatever chemicals it is, that's not bad enough. It's bad. I don't like it. I don't like being hit with a DWI down a Concord driving a Cadillac. I don't like everybody seeing me so fucked up. I can't even wrestle Sting. And there's video of that that's going to live forever till well after not only he's dead, we're dead, but a lot of people are dead. That's not bad enough. I'm going to continue down this path. And from time to time, if things get real bad, I can go ahead and just band-aid a couple things and move on with my life. That's it. It's not, the, I, you know, he just, I, I don't know. I feel disappointed. I feel let down. You know, I don't even know the guy, but I just feel let down because I've been, I put so much, 
I don't know, really not energy into it, but I, I put a lot of, of time and effort, I guess, into cheering for him and, and rooting for him, not only in life, but in wrestling in general, because, yeah. you know, he's, he's a hometown boy or at least a North Carolina kid. And, yeah, you know, got got to root for those dudes. And just he was exciting anyway, no matter where he was from. He was definitely the more um, charismatic, you know, lack of a better term of the two of, of between him and Matt. So, I mean, he, you know, he, he carried a lot of weight with that team. And, and you know, Matt went on to do his own thing. But as a tag team, Jeff was that team. I'm sorry. And, yeah. and you know, I, I'll argue at that point with anybody. I, I'm not taking anything away from Matt. Maybe it sounds like it, but I'm not. I'm just saying when they were a tag team, Jeff was the main one. And you ask anybody, you know. And I just, you know, I just, like I said, I just feel disappointed. He had me convinced when he made this last run here in, in WWE when they were almost – it almost seemed like right now before this shit happened, he, they were getting ready to give him a little push, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know how far it would have taken him, but he was, you know, it, when he wasn't getting pushed, he was helping some of the, um, lesser known talent or some of the talent just get over in general and like good veterans are supposed to do, I guess. So I don't know. He just had me convinced that everything was hunky dory, and you know he, you know, like you said, maybe he had to put a bandaid or two on things once in a while, but nothing anybody had to see or know about, and that's fine. But when you go do what he did in in Texas and just walk the hell out of a ring and with a million freaking cameras rolling, I'm like you, dude. What are you supposed to What are you supposed to say? I mean, what are you supposed to say about that? Well, I think, and I think the way that these guys were brought up as far as the way that they were raised in the business was very old school. And the old school guys have a lot of problem admitting that they do have issues and that they need to get help, which I get. But at the same time, it's like you can, you can end up dying, you know, without ever well, raising your hand. Right. Well, I don't really ever remember, I don't know, Jake Roberts walking the hell out of a match. I don't know. He no. fucked over. He fucked over a lot of people, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. He would smoke a lot of crack before the matches. No, well, I'm not. Look, <laughs> I'm, I'm not denying that. But even more so, the, even more so to my my point. If you if that you know if that's the case, at least he he could do that and still stay with it and halfway act like he's wrestling and and, and Hardy just just can't handle the shit, man. I guess I don't know. How much of this do you think is himself medicating based on maybe some chronic pain that he has from taking 25 years of the most insane bumps that we've ever seen. I don't, I think it's that more than anything, man. And I just don't know. I just don't think he knows how to regulate things. You know, right. I think it, I think he does. I, I, I'm with you. This is, this is my theory. This is what I think. I do think he's rehabbed enough to where he's not just taking them to get high, you know, to, to, right. you know, get a, get a, get a good vibe going there. I think he's taking it because he's older and his body's wearing down and he freaking needs them. And I right. think, I just don't think he knows how to regulate it. I think he just maybe goes overboard with it. The problem, the problem with drugs is when you start taking them, the ratio is always a lot of pleasure, very little pain. And as you continue to take a lot of drugs over a period of time, the ratio completely changes and it's a great deal of pain, very little pleasure. Body can't take that shit when you get older, man. And then, I mean, as, as much as the boys have come up with new stuff and new stuff and new stuff, you know, at some point you can't just keep switching from this to that or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I hope this doesn't 
come out as a tragic ending. I hope he's able to beat it because he would be an amazing story to tell some young talent about, hey, don't don't go the route that I did. Don't be years of doing what I did and break yourself down. You can you can fix this. You can make this happen because there are resources that are available to you. This doesn't have to be, uh, you know, 1980 and I'm doing a bump or two before I go to the ring. It doesn't have to do that. It doesn't have to be that way. No. Well, that's kind of thought what I thought we were getting right now. I thought that's the version we were getting now of Jeff Hardy, you know? But. that's and that's the disappointing and, and the part that's like you from from my point of view where you have to kind of shut off your mental fatigue it's like oh here we go again here we go again with this guy and that's where i have i i lack some compassion or whatever about what's going on um it's it just you do you buy into it and you're like i'm good i'm on the straight and narrow i got that dwi back in concord a couple of years ago it really kind of straightened me out made me realize hey i've got a problem um, you know, not, not everybody who gets a DWI has a necessary drinking problem, but in a lot of cases, it's a pretty good indicator. It's, uh, it's if, somewhat symptomatic in a lot of cases. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, it's a damn wake up call for whatever your, <laughs> you know, situation is with it. It should be. Um, and, and, and then of course he just continues to do what he does. And this, this gets me back to, you know, our, our, our buddy Uso, I, if they, he didn't really receive any punishment at all for that whole situation back in the spring. And you wonder if he just going to keep on rocking and rolling. Eventually he's going to be the guy that crashes his car into a bridge somewhere, maybe kills somebody. Maybe he does like a Henry Ruggs, the third situation out in Las Vegas. Well, not until he walks out of a match. I don't, I don't think they'll do anything. That's when they, they start opening up eyes is when people actually see him doing something like that. Yeah. Otherwise, people are just reading it and not really taking it to heart or whatever. You know, they just read about it. But if you see it, you're like, hmm, okay. Who's the, who's the winner in that one? Less house shows, right? Less less matches for the boys. <laughs> yeah. less, less house shows for the boys to walk out of, right? That's right. As long as you can manage not to Everybody walk out of wins. a, if you can manage not to walk out of a day one pay per view in front of Nick Khan and and, and Vince McMahon, you're golden. You're fine. I don't think that would be that hard. But, so yeah. I mean that's that's kind of the way it is. Have I did, did we mention this? Did we? I don't know if we discussed this last week. When we're going. I thought last week's episode was pretty good. By the way, I don't really pat us I, on I, the I, back I that much. I, I thought you too. As, as unserious and as jokey as we can be. Sometimes we're pretty funny. We were completely serious and went over those MVPs and those top five stories. I thought it was you know, about as good a discussion as anybody's had on that stuff. I, yeah, sure. And we were, I, we were and fairly. I, and I went back and listened to it. And I was like, I started rethinking my top five. <laughs> See, <laughs> but you know, but uh, yeah, I, I agree, man. I, I was, I was kind of proud of that one. Um, I think we've mentioned it in brief that Meltzer has mentioned and other people have mentioned that AEW tickets, WWE tickets have gone on sale in certain areas where they've usually been very strong and they're having some soft sales issues. I think the Greensboro on sale for AEW was not what they thought it was going to be. And I don't know how they did on that. I don't know how WWE did with that SmackDown that we were not at because of yeah, WrestleCade. I don't know. I, don't know. Um, I never, because I never talked to anybody that even went. I'm, did you? No, I'm, I'm just getting indications anecdotally of stuff that's going on here. Like there's a huge... The, the Eric Church concert is next weekend here in Greensboro. And Eric Church is one of the biggest tickets in country music. And this is considered oh, a yeah. hometown show for him. He always sells this out. 
And as far as I know, they're still advertising on Facebook, on radio, and on, on the different places to, for tickets for that show, which I'm I'm stunned. I'm shocked that that's still a thing. I, I don't know, man. I don't is it, I don't know if it's a people that are still scared to go out and do I, things. I don't know. I don't, I'm not sure. It, well, I think, at least in, in 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 environments like that, where you're in close quarters with people, concert. I know. Stuff. I know that the Biden haters would like to say that the, the ga- price of gas is so high, people would not be able to afford tickets. Oh, but- I know. God dang. <laughs> the price of gas, unfor- and I hate, again, these are facts I hate to bring up. The price of gas has been going down, and unemployment has been going down, and employment numbers continue to be good. Inflation continues to be a concern. Hell, inflation that could be, on con- that could be an issue. <laughs> well, inflation, in- inflation on concert tickets has been bananas you know, for oh, 35 God. years now, so that's not even... One of my favorite bands tried to do something about that a while back, and people made fun of them. So you get what you get, you bastards. But the Eric Church show, and then the Avett brothers have a big show at the Greensboro Coliseum on New Year's Eve, and that's all. They've always been extremely popular in this area, and I think they're still advertising for tickets for that. So I don't know anecdotally. I I know that they had a lot of success last weekend at the Greensboro Coliseum with Disney on Ice, which is always a huge deal. You know, it's a crazy bananas, massive cash cow. I don't care where you put that thing. I don't care which arena it's in and what section of the country. People come with their their credit cards rocking for that. Oh God, yeah. I remember when uh, I I was um, producing uh, games for the Carolina Hurricanes. Yes, and when they were when they were away, right. I would still have to go to the, the 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 arena to produce the game because the studio was there. Uh, so, of course, they would have events when they were gone at, at the arena. And one time, Disney on Ice was there. Man, let me tell you something. I don't know if I ever told you this. But that was like being... I'm trying to think of, of something to equate it to. They would not... You could not look at anything. You had to, if I had, if I walked into that place, I had to have tunnel vision and go straight to my thing. If I veered off, if I looked at anybody, if I talked to anybody, I was like taken out back and, and put in the, in, in the damn stock, man. <laughs> oh, it's like, it's, being around, that, it's like being around Jennifer was, Lopez. You can't make eye contact. Exactly, or man. It was like Lopez on ice. It was, man. You, <laughs> you, you, couldn't, you couldn't do anything. They just, no pictures. God dang. If you, if they saw you, pull out a, a camera or you know like um, that oh the gestapo mickey, was after you yeah so, mickey's third reich would go and just beat the shit out of oh him. my god it was incredible i'd never seen anything like that in my life <laughs> they they'd put you in goofy tonimo bay <laughs> i'm gonna beat the shit out of you <laughs> <laughs> Give me that phone. Hey, I'm going to beat the shit out of you. Come here. <laughs> but I'm but like getting to the arena just so you could do your job was crazy cuz parking was nuts and traffic was nuts and all that oh, shit. Correct? Yeah, yeah. Forget that. Just for never mind that. Once so you got I, in, it was just goddamn even worse. So I say all I say all that to say I don't I don't know it feels, and I've, I've just heard this, and I, as I said, I've experienced anecdotally, maybe the live event business, which they had thought was going to have like a huge boom because of a lot of pent-up demand, they don't, I don't know if it's, I don't, I, it may be a little soft right now, softer than they think. I, I, I really think, man, I, I really think it has a lot to do with people being a little jittery about going back out into that kind of environment right now, especially with 
you know, every time you turn around, there's another variant coming out. You know, it's like they're, they're like goddamn John Cougar Mellencamp songs in the 80s. You know, <laughs> there's a new one every fucking week. Um, it's a the omicron variant which appears to be more virulent but maybe not as deadly not as deadly which is always good but um at least so, we still I, don't I, know i think you know i think that has a lot to do with it man I, I i may be and i say that knowing that a lot of people around here are anti-mask and all that shit yeah. so yeah. I'm, I'm keeping that in mind too but I, I do think a lot of people who do go out are mask wearing people and people like you and i are, are a little you know caution cautionary when it comes to stuff like this so i think that it has a lot to do with it man and plus you know just the fact of it being right here at christmas you know I, people trying to get christmas gifts and stuff it's it's kind of an odd time too but i don't know i'm just kind of you know blowing in the wind here so i, I don't know people i think will be getting i mean i think the eagles have a big thing coming next year and next people yeah. are gonna get those tickets in their stockings and shit like that uh, but I, I, I would just keep an eye on that as far as the live concert. Now, they, they've repealed the mask stuff here in Guilford County. I don't know. Has Forsyth County also repealed that as well? Yeah, they have. The, the county has, but plenty of stores. I don't know about Greensboro. Plenty yeah. of stores in Winston-Salem still require you to wear a mask. Like yeah. McKay's used records and, and, and disc and stuff. You got to wear a mask there. I went to something. Stores. I went to a show at the Cat's Cradle up in Carborough and uh, Orange County is got it. You got to show the card and you have to wear a mask. There's no, wow. yeah, there ain't no two ways about it. They, yeah. They're not playing, which is, I'm, yeah. which I was completely fine with. Good. I, I've had to show the card three times at shows. One of those times required it to be the physical paper card. The other two times I could just show it on the phone. So, well, that's good. I, I haven't had to show mine yet. I'm anxious to. I've got a nice little plastic uh, laminate. That's not laminated, but it's um, you slip it in a little case there. Yeah, yeah, a little plastic. Yeah, like a you know credit card or something. Well, they said not to laminate it because you know you might need boosters. Got to ride back on it. They said you might need extra shots, and I was like, oh, that's bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, Chris Jericho is out of the hospital, Bryant, following a non-COVID related health issues. Are we sure? Are we sure it's a non-COVID related issue? Are we, yeah, no, I'm just no, asking. He's I'm saying it. So, asking. I mean, I don't know if you should doubt this man's integrity. I don't think that's very fair at all. <laughs> well, can I ask, yeah. do we know if there's any ventilators involved? You know, I, I, I just, just asking. I don't look, know. look, I think you're going well over into HIPAA laws, even though he was a in great Britain. Am I? Am I? Am I? On, on Twitter this morning, uh, Wrestling Observer writes, Jericho posted a picture of himself out of the hospital writing back on the streets. He had been in the hospital since Thursday evening. Jericho's band Fozzie is set to perform Friday in Swansea, Wales, when the performer of the concert announced Jericho had checked into a hospital. What was described as a non-COVID-related uh, treatable health issue. I'm feeling good. Jerica wrote to David Meltzer following the announcement. They just wanted to observe me overnight and I'm in the right place. Not COVID related. The band later canceled Saturday show in Nottingham. The status of the show set for London tonight, which should be going on right now is not known. Uh, Jericho has been on the road in the UK with Fozzie this last week. He was recently uh, attacked on AEW television by 2.0 and Daniel Garcia, Brian, Daniel Garcia. Yeah. Now he was the hot guy before hook. 
I don't know if you remember, because we have a new guy that pays their tuition in full to the Monster Factory who gets a push on television. This week, it's Hook. Like three weeks Not ago. Not only was, was he on television, he got the main event. Got the main event. Three weeks ago, it was Daniel Garcia. So the guy that we're supposed to think is the new hottest, greatest thing in the history of wrestling is Hook. He's, he's just doing things, has charisma, and is the most unbelievable thing. And again, this is because he paid in advance six months worth of tuition at the monster factory. So that's why he's kicking ass and taking names on all elite wrestling. <laughs> he's paid up on his dues. Is that, that's why I don't know. If, I don't know what it is to, to get to the monster factory. I don't know if it's two, if it's 2000, let's say $2,000, $2,000 buys you a main event slot on a nationally, <laughs> on a nationally Damn. exposed wrestling promotion. That's a pretty good investment. That's a real good investment. Yeah. For the person paying $2,000. Now, somewhere today, there's some kid, and he's on a Greyhound bus from Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and he's just getting into Atlanta, and he's got mom's money in an envelope, and he's going to pay, and you're going to see him on probably Dynamite and Rampage next week. And then, you know, Hook will be the Daniel Garcia of whatever. He'll be, he'll be out. He'll be done, and you'll forget all about that guy. Well, we don't want to, yeah, we don't want to get overloaded on the Hooks and the um... And the Garcias, man. Because so how full? There'll be a what's a what was the what was the WWE called with a light heavyweight dudes? Oh yeah, it was called terrible. That's what it was called. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we would have an AEW terrible then. Is what we would have. If they could oh, get these guys. In. It was full of vanilla midgets. Weren't we, isn't that what we were calling them? If they were full of vanilla midgets, isn't that what Triple H? And that's that's part of again. The hilarious part of this whole Triple H has been faded. Faded. Here's the guy that, that buried so many people, did the vanilla. Now, it does does appear that God is paying Hunter back for some of his sins. You know, that's fair. If he does end up passing away, I bet Bret Hart's ex-wife does go and piss on his grave. I'm just going to say, Julie Hart finds him somewhere and goes and pisses on his grave. Mm. Mm. <laughs> What if somebody will take a video of that? Uh, so did you enjoy the All Elite Wrestling Dynamite from Long Island? Their brand new arena. And I understand the New York Islanders have not won a game yet in that particular <laughs> building. I don't know where I heard Who that. told you? I don't know. I think I, I, I'm a big hockey guy. I'm, I'm reading Canucks.com or something. I don't know. It was something. <laughs> there might be a Canucks.com. There might be. Um, it was all right. I've seen worse. It was, you know, I'll give it a B. I, the stuff, the stuff with, uh, with punk and MJF was just fantastic. Yeah. That's, that's good. But I, I mean, mean, come on. It's, you know, it's going to be, it's, it's just no, it can't not be good. It's so good. Um, MJF with his people and then, and punk getting the digs in about hockey and all that other shit. And then, the boys, the 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 uh, more ethnically diverse PG thirteen boys going to the ring and rapping about Cuomo and stuff like that. Very topical, very topical, very edgy, very edgy, very edgy, quite edgy, especially for wrestling geeks. Didn't we get? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh, we got another. Did we get another main event with Cody? Did Was we? it Cody in the main event? I'm trying to see. I'm trying to even remember what happened there in the main event. Um. Because the week before was the, the flaming tables with the scabs all over his back or whatever. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That that was 
Yeah, I don't know who I can't remember who the the main event was this time. But it was uh, I I thought the show overall was very good. Um, they seem to be doing okay without Jim Ross uh, in his announcer seat. Got a little bit of problem. The ratings, eh, they're not not doing all that great. Ratings are not doing all that well. I I still I don't know, man. I don't. I'm still not sure what to make of that exactly. Uh, maybe they just everybody's just it, they reach their peak when 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 those three guys. Cole and, and Punk and Danielson all came in pretty much at the same time. And they just, you can't sustain that. You can't sustain the, the, unless you do this shit all the time. And then it would get old people coming in all the time, you know? So it's, it's, there's a fine line, man. Obviously there's a fine line you got to walk, but I don't know why they're tapering off other than just, you know, it's just kind of a, like I said, just reached their peak on them. Showbuzz Daily has the AEW Dynamite ratings as 872,000, up 1.28%, which I don't consider that to be much of a victory. No. Uh, and you'd think it'd be picking up a little bit with, with the whole, you know, Daniel Bryan uh, hangman thing. Well, uh, and MJF much, Punk. A person much more cynical than myself would call that a dead cat bounce, I think. Uh, Dynamite drew a 0.33 rating in the key 18 to 49 demographic. That's up 6.45% from last week's 0.31. Uh, the 0.33 key demographic rating represents 430,000 viewers who watched the show from 18 to 49. That's up 5.91%. According to WrestleNomics, Dynamite ranked number five on the cable top 150 this week, Bravo, with a 0.33 rating in that key demo, which is good. And they ranked 36 uh, in viewership for the night on cable this week. It's not bad. It's just not good. Right, right, right. You would you would want ideally for them, particularly going into this transition in just a couple of weeks on TBS, to go out on a high note. Because again, what what I think fans uh, of of AEW have gotten used to is just a constant bunch of hot shotting. If you're hot shotting all the time, you're doing nothing. Well, so that's that was. Remember, we talked about that about a correct. year or so ago, when 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 this was AEW was in its infant stages, and they were. And I and I get that, and we understood that. You know, sometimes you got a hot shot to to get eyeballs over there to you and that sort of thing. But it was it was getting to the point. It seemed like where it was, you know, people were just kind of used to it, and like and there was no effect to it after a while. But now it, it settled down, and now they hot shotted three guys, bam, 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 right on top of each other, and kind of got some eyeballs, and now they've settled back down again. So, like I said, man, it, it just seems like it's a fine line between hot shotting and and staying on course to, to keep your viewers. I don't know. This was what they had. This is what's happened in uh, December so far. It's uh, 861,000 total for December 1st, 872,000 for the one most recent. These are, these are not tremendous numbers. When you look at the November stuff, which was 878, 913, 984, and 898. To blow all of that. And then yeah. November, October the 27th was 941,000. And that was their return to the regular Wednesday time slot after the, all the NBA stuff and everything. Well, I, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and point fingers at other things too, but you, it, I, I think there's some other things involved too. Like, I, I don't think like 
I can't even tell you the last time I saw a, a dynamite where all two hours were just fan fucking tastic. You know, there, there's there there's some letdown moments throughout the shows for sure. So they, I, I they always I seem to they, they they seem to start well and they seem to finish well, right? Definitely start well. Definitely just, start well. That's AW. I got to tell you, man. I'm glad you said that. AW is to me so far. Yeah, especially as of late, one of the best wrestling shows to at, at the beginning that I've ever seen. Now Nitro had their moments, of course, back in the day, right. what, but but right now that they, they don't WWE doesn't even hold a candle to them. I don't think the way they start no. shows. No. Now start- ending, yes. Sometimes they do drop the ball a little bit, but more by and large, I think they're the ending. Like you said, it, it, their endings are, are really good. And they, I also would say what they do well is that that nine o'clock. They have something seem to at the top of the hour nine o'clock yes. keeps your attention. Yes. It seems like where the problem is after the first two segments, there's always kind of a lull there, and then after that first segment of the second hour, there's always kind of a lull there. And I think the the answer for this is more Dan Lambert. If the if the promotion could probably get more Dan Lambert on, well, they could just you <laughs> wait. Nobody's ever going to convince me that the Dan Lambert thing is not, it's nothing other than like a hot poker up Jim Cornette's ass to them. (laughs) I, I, to them, that's just, that's, that's Jim Cornette to me. And they just keep going with it and going with it. He's gotten heat a couple of times, but for the most part, there's a, there's white heat on that guy. I, yeah, I was going to say it's X-Pac heat, man. It's, I, I just, I, he just doesn't appeal to me, man. It's just, he seems contrived. It seems uh, non, just non-believable. I don't believe mm-hmm. just, he, you know, Cornette came across as just believable as hell. Yeah, he did. But Lambert just, I don't know, man. He's just annoying as shit is all he is. He, it's not like real heat. No. Uh, I'm, your, your main event on Wednesday Night Dynamite was Long Dong yeah. Silver against uh, Brian Danielson. That's right. That's right. I mean, and that was after right. the. After the match, now have you seen? Did you see the poster that for Winter is Coming, where they had Hangman Page and the font they used looked like it was Wangman? <laughs> so Brian Danielson tweets out, "Yeah, I can't wait. I'm going to take on Wangman." So once you see it, <laughs> yeah, it was a. Long dong silver there, who by the way, absolutely That's is Wayne incredible. <laughs> He's long long dong silver is definitely a huge, I would say, a credible competitor for Brian Danielson. I thought at any moment he could totally take him out. Dude. What the fuck am I watching? It's not, I mean, he's like it's like hornswoggle almost. It, it really is. I'm sorry. And, and I'm sorry. Like, I, 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 no, you just don't get it. It's great. It's very similar to something they get in in, in uh, FMW wrestling back in 1999. It's like no, it's just stupid, motherfucker. Dude, you remember when you and I went to the to one of the CWF last CWF shows and uh, Marco Stunt was there. Yeah, and and how is is entertaining as he was. How unbelievable the shit! I mean, it just wasn't believable when he was no, with those dudes. And it wasn't like the CWF guys are that big. They're like Trevor 
you know, Trevor Sachs, uh, you know, uh, who am I trying to say? What is his damn name? Trevor, Trevor. Lee. Cameron yeah, Grimes. Is, Cameron Grimes. Goddamn. Who looks great they're right like, now, by the way. Oh, God, yeah, man. So they're like all his size, you know, yeah, they're, they're yeah. not, you know, they're not huge guys, not big they, guys. Yeah. Not big guys. I mean, they're, you know, a couple of them, but by and large, they're not, but it just it looked like that, man. It just didn't that whole silver Daniels and Daniels is not the biggest guy in the world either. No, he's not, but it's just stupid. I mean, it's just, it's like, and he gets in all this offense against him and then Brian, you know, I guess it's, it's part of it is, I guess they're trying to get Danielson over as a heel, uh, so that he's beaten up on the little guy. He's beaten yeah. up on the dwar- dwarf or whatever he's beaten him up on. Then, you know, Wangman has to come make the save or whatever. And I I don't know. Uh, I, I would also, by the way, I want to go back to last week's Dynamite. I thought CM Punk gave Lee Moriarty way too much offense. I'm sorry. <laughs> did you did you watch that match? I didn't see it. I didn't. I, I like Lee Moriarty, but this is CM Punk. And he's like come back and after seven years and he's, he's rolling people. He fucking makes Lee Moriarty look like Kurt Angle. Well, I think that's an isn't that really kind of an AEW thing where these guys they're not they're not going to get three seconded like Bianca Belair did, you know? I guess. I mean, I'm I'm all I'm all in favor of people not getting guzzled, but at the same time, you you're two stars right now that you have to protect in this promotion are CM Punk and Brian Danielson. We can talk about Hangman. We can talk about MJF. We talk about other people, but the two guys that you absolutely 100% have to protect right now are those two guys. They're the biggest stars that you have. And for you to be rolling around with this guy who's been wrestling for about 45 seconds and making him, <laughs> I swear to God, making him look like he's hes like the shit, like he, he's fucking Brian Pillman from 1997, I, I don't buy it. I don't get it. I think it's ridiculous. I, I don't know, man. I I, I they like that guy. I mean, Silver's not a bad wrestler, but, but, it's, just, but it, again, it's just a here, here's Lee Moriarty, Silver, Sean Spears, all these guys, even Christian Cage too. Oh, he's a nice guy and the boys like him. Right? How many guys on how many guys on the payroll do we have who are that? They can't really draw. They aren't all that great, but the boys like them and they're good guys in the locker room. Like it's fucking half the roster. Jesus, to an extent, that's, I mean, even though Colt Cabana has been embarrassed recently, that's part of his appeal. Is well, he's able to okay. kiss, he's enough to kiss, ass, you know, he kisses enough ass in the locker room. I'm sure. Oh, Jesus. Well, uh, again, AEW still has their their flaws that, that they're not, they're not 100% for sure. I don't think, not in my opinion. Well, but now you got to love the the fiery table that Cody went through. No. <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? What the fuck was I watching? What was that supposed to be? I don't know. <laughs> Over the top shit, man. Just uh, what was that? Atlanta Street Fight? What was that? Yeah, that's street what it was. Fight? Atlanta Atlanta Street, street Fighter fight or something. I don't Shithead know. Street Fight. What that was. <laughs> oh, but his wife's back, so that was great. Yeah, I, I saw that. I saw her uh, beating. Oh. Man. On the scroll for uh, matter of fact, it was during uh, Dynamite. I saw it gave the results for Dark, and I saw that she defeated somebody. I'm like, hmm, didn't know she was back. Yeah, she's she's back. Can't again. Speaking of people, we can't figure out if we're going to cheer or if we're going to boo. Well, it depends. I, I think she's probably the same category as Cody as far as the crowd's concerned. I think they lump them together 
He comes to the ring. Cody comes to the ring and he's got he, he takes off his coat. He's got like this stuff on his skin. It looks like it's like dry skin or something. Like he's been sunburned or something. And I think he put that that shit on that's supposed to protect you from the fire, but I think he put it on too soon and it like dried his skin out and flaked up and shit. <laughs> it may have. And then when it dries and then you get sweaty, when you crash through fire, the fire sticks to your skin. It's pretty fucked up. It's pretty like exactly the wrong way to go with that. Yeah, that was, I didn't see that, but that, yeah. But I you know, way to go with that. Well, what, clearly, what did you make of, what did you make of him coming out and interrupting uh, Guevara? I, I still, they, they're not, they don't know what they want to do. With they're half-assing him. I don't know what they want to do with that guy. I mean, it's clear that they, he wants to be a heel. No, he doesn't want to be a heel. The, the crowd wants him to be a heel. And then I was I was talking this over with our buddy Tyson. I said, you don't make the stipulation that I will never compete for the championship again, right? You don't make that unless you're going to go back on it. There's no point in making that stipulation unless you're going to renege on it, right? Yeah, of course. For That's, somebody like him, come on. That's one of the dumbest things I've ever heard. So now they're, but now, but they, I swear to God, they can't, they can't figure out what to do with him. The crowd wants to boo him so badly. And it's become the crowd reaction to him has become a thing. It's become like its own sentient thing that we have to deal with on a regular basis. So it's kind of a shame in a way. It, it takes away from the show. It takes energy out of everything. He's, he's taken, Whatever momentum he had coming into this promotion two years ago, and it's gone. And now we have season two of the shitty set. So now we're going to have to set up things to deal with him and Brandy on Roads to the Top. And I can't previously on Roads to the Top, I'm going to have to turn into a bad guy. But I don't want you to turn into a bad guy, but I got to be a bad guy. But I don't want you to turn into a bad guy. So this is going to go on for a number of, this is going to be like the thing over a period of time. Yeah. You're probably right. It, it, you know what? Let's let's compare and contrast a little bit for a second. <clears throat> you got Miz over mm-hmm. here with his show on mm-hmm. WWE. I think people would would he would get probably a mixed reaction. I'm not saying he would get all cheers just because of his past or whatever. You know, just being a jerk and his character, not him, himself. But if I was WWE, I would turn him into a baby face why wouldn't you turn him into a baby face if you're gonna have a show like that and expect people to watch why would you watch a show of somebody who's 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 actively a heel clearly a heel and i, I wouldn't give a shit about it. if i was you know the regular wrestling fan whatever i would never watch their show i would never watch a heel show you know yeah and also it's like you're in a program with him on wwe television you're the baby face against miz all you do is him showing being being the goofy ass dad on that show. That's what you show clips of him. Oh, you try to be a badass and beat people up and shit. Here you are dressing up in like as a princess for your kid's birthday party and being a right. complete goofball. Right. But uh, and then you got Cody over here on, in AEW that that yeah. people, I guess they want to boo him, but but I'm sure he would get some. You know, he still gets some sort of a mixed reaction, but but overall, I think people want to boo him. So maybe that's why they're wanting to hold back from him being a heel because he does have that show. And if that's the case, then, you know, I, I, I can't say that I blame him because it would just ruin my argument for the Miz. 
Yeah, but at the same time, are you going to let the fucking show on TNT like dominate how you're booking this guy on your wrestling show? Obviously, that's yes, that's so what you're saying essentially is that Roads to the Top is a much more important show than Dynamite. I'm saying that, if you're going to have a show, if you're going to put time and effort into making a show, you don't want your main character to be a heel mm -hmm. in your other show <laughs> that's getting people to watch that show. I, uh, we just, I recently got the, um, trial subscription for 30 days to the wrestling observer. So I'm going to read from some of the latest David Meltzer uh, newsletter. The decision was made vis-a-vis -vis Jeff uh, Hardy to let him go rather than suspend him. He was given a similar 90 day non-compete period. So he will be paid through uh, March the 9th. That's where he becomes a free agent. So we're going to see how serious Tony Khan is on, uh, on drugs, on the war on drugs, right? We'll see if Tony Khan is like, well, he's not too much of a druggie for me. We'll go ahead and uh, sign him up. No problem. Do you now? Come on, man. Do you really think he's not going to sign him with Matt still there? Assuming Matt is still there, and there's so yeah, much they could he could see got, that they could do. Not that they would do it or do it even do a good job of it. Or but we Jeff have to craft, do a good job at it. But no, but so we have to things you could do. We have to craft a good lie about why we care about their performer's health and how this is different than giving oh, Mox yeah. time off and we're fine. And I've talked with Jeff and he's assured me he's not going to be a drug addict and smoke crack backstage and then walk out through the crowd. So I'm, I'm okay with it. You know, that's coming. You know, that, <laughs> you said it, man. That is exactly what we're going to hear. Almost uh, probably word for word. Jeff will be tested weekly random drug test bullshit and he will then have to through our stringent drug protocols which are uh if mox almost dies and gets narcan we'll say he has a drinking problem <laughs> those are our strict protocols here in all elite wrestling about drugs we're very serious about it i i just i just can't believe if he has a chance to get jeff over there that he wouldn't do it i just Maybe not. I just, I don't know. He just seems like too much of a, a, a wrestling Mark type fan. Tony Khan does to, he to does pick up Jeff Hardy when he, if he could. So this is why, again, I mean, I, I don't want to be rude about this, but yeah, you got to book Moxley and you got to put Jeff Hardy in a Narcan on a pole match with Scott <laughs> Hall as your guest referee. Bro, bro. <laughs> That's it. That's exactly right. That's what you have to do. There wouldn't be any problem with that. The live description, according to David Meltzer, is that Jeff Hardy, 44 years old, started running around ringside posing for photos with the fans before the match. Before the face, match. The faces are supposed to do that after the match. He worked the match and mostly sold, and we didn't hear anything unusual about that. When he got hot tagged out, he just disappeared because the match was going on. People didn't notice. <laughs> I did see the end. Did you see when, the, when they won, when uh, Drew and uh, what was his other tag team partner? And I was looking in here, uh, but anyway, that whoever was other tech team, I remember they raised Drew's hand and Drew's like looking around. I can see him like mouth. Where's Jeff? And he, and he's like, uh, he's, he's out back with Jake Roberts. <laughs> uh, he's out back being Jake Roberts. <laughs> uh, so yeah, there's uh he's being, <laughs> that's the name of our new documentary being Jake Roberts, blackjack Lanza. <laughs> Good, good articles about Blackjack Lens, and I thought they did a really good salute to uh, Blackjack. Um, 
on Friday Night SmackDown. And WWE, when they when they give a shit about you, they can put together a That's really key. nice package. <laughs> when, you haven't, when they haven't seen you as shitting on the promotion or <laughs> or if you did some great things outside their purview where they don't give a fuck about you, yeah, that, that's yeah. not going to happen. But if you uh, kissed Vince's ass as a producer for many years back after, after your wrestling career, you're going to get a couple of minutes on national television. Oh, yeah. Nice, nice two minutes. Hey, Dad, why do you still work for Vince? He treats you like shit and you don't make that much money. I mean, you do have some stock options. Hey. Hey, when I die, two minutes on SmackDown. Watch oh, that okay. package, baby. It's going to be good. Come in here, Jack. I'm going to get the package together when you die. <laughs> Look at that. You like this? That's you and fucking... Look at fucking Mulligan. What a drunk. You're a drunk. All right, is there anything in there you didn't like? I don't give a shit. That's what we're going to run. When you end up dying, how are you feeling today? <laughs> don't cough near me. Don't sneeze near me. He does that shit all the time. Hey, uh, Hunter, come in here. We're already putting together your video package because it looks like you're going to croak here pretty soon. Here's, uh, I know you're doing this shit. We're going to have you burying punk. Uh, we're going to have you doing the thing where you're doing DJ, where you're doing the uh, Nation of Domination. We got the blackface. We're not going to bl blur that out because fuck political correctness. Fuck the cancel culture. <laughs> well, we're going to do two minutes. <laughs> if you could die during sweeps, that'd be pretty helpful. You think you can do that for me, Hunter? Sure, I love you sure, so much, sure, Paul. Dad. You're like a son. Thanks, Dad. If you could just, uh, if you could die during February, May, or November, that's going to help us out the most. <laughs> What's going on with your heart? It's not all the cocaine you did back in the day, is it? Did you do cocaine? Cause I did a shit ton of cocaine. I kicked its ass. <laughs> hey, Blackjack, here's your package. And I mean, you got dick. a. <laughs> what if they? What if they gave him a copy of it before he died? Yeah, here you go. You're pretty much dead to us. So go ahead and just take this. Don't try to sell this or anything. We'll, we'll kick your. You saw they're going to stop producing DVDs and Blu-rays and all that shit, right? Really? Yeah, they've they've Did they're done. Know? Yeah, because they have to pay royalties off of that. So fuck you, performers. <laughs> no, no more of that shit. All that shit's transitioning to the cock. So uh, it's not going to work. That's not going to work for us, brother. So they're <laughs> so they're going to be like really collectors' items now, right? I guess I don't know. At some point, I guess they will be. Lanza, who was trained originally by Vern Gagne, could wrestle on the mat. That means how many? Just name the number of people who were trained by Vern Gagne. You ready? Well, the first guy just celebrated his 50th anniversary of his first match. That would be uh, Richard Morgan Fleer. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ricky Steamboat, Sergeant Slaughter, Iron Sheik. All of those guys were part of that incredible class, and then now you can. What add... Henning was that? Was his? I don't know if Henning was necessarily trained by him or not, or if Henning was trained by his father. He might have gotten yeah. some of that, and I don't know that those those Robbinsdale guys. I don't know if all those guys were trained by him as well, like Rick Rude and the Rick Rude, Ro yeah, so... Road Warriors, and all well, that. Yeah. I don't know if those people were either. But it's a good question. It's an all star. Um, you know, it's an all star selection when you look at some of the Hall of Famers who are trained by by Vern Gagne.
who apparently, yeah. um, I don't know if I told you this, there was a rumor I heard on another podcast. Which one was it? It was, Barry and, it was Barry and Bowdrin's podcast. I think they heavily hinted that that Vern Gagne had the Strom Thurmond thing. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. That's, uh, yeah. Could be worse, I guess. <laughs> he may have been racist, but his dick was not. Right. That seems to be... And he can't, the Ganya family can't sue me because you can't slander dead people. So you got to take your reputation, go forward and earn money. If I lie about you and then you go out in the streets and go, I couldn't earn money because Britt Whitmire said that I blah, 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 blah. Well, you're dead now. So you don't have to go out and earn money. So blah. <laughs> that's right. Blackjack Lanza. Dead. <laughs> uh, he was by no means a top-level worker, but he was six foot four, didn't have a big belly like most of the wrestlers of that era. Well, fair enough. He wasn't thickly muscled, but was a favorite of women and had enough size to be a threat for the top baby faces. Later in his career, when he was nearly 50, he had an AWA run as a babyface where he feuded with Heenan. He also was part owner of the promotion in Winnipeg, but after Vince McMahon's expansion, he could see the writing of the wall. Let me translate that. He got fucked. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how it goes. You either bend over or I bend you over. What do you want? It's up to you. Lube or no lube. Deal or no deal. Uh, At least he's giving him options. He retired in 1985 and got a job with an agent at the WWF. Hey, Lonzo, you want to be my bitch? Yeah. Can I get a good, can I get a good package when I die? Yeah, I'll give you a good package right now. Let me tell you about this story with me and the ultimate war. <laughs> you, you don't have to wait till you die to get this package, my friend. Uh, play poker with me some night up in Stanford in my mansion. <laughs> uh, is this the one in about the basement? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, sir. I'm just going to ask you a hypothetical question, not related to anything. If you and I were just hanging out with some dudes and a guy passed out, would you like start fucking him in the ass and like say, "Hey guys, watch this"? And, and would would the people around you go, oh, "I don't know if you should do that." I, you I, know, know, I, just, I, I just can't imagine a, a scenario in that with that happening with me. I, I don't I just, find the, I don't find this humorous or entertaining. I'm going I, to take my leave, sir. Yeah, I just yeah, none of the above. Look at me, I'm fucking him in the ass. I, I know you are, and I don't want to be around for it. Uh, On so many levels, I don't want to be around for it. I don't want to have to. Like give a statement to cops or talk to lawyers or anything. Or I don't I don't want to recall this in my sleep as I'm night sweating. I don't want any of this. I wonder, you know, what their reaction would would be if something like would have been, I guess. Yeah. Of course it never happened. happened and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just if they're just if you're just standing there, I, I can't imagine. If you leave, you're fired. <laughs> you better watch. You better watch. Look at my eyes. Make eye contact. <laughs> Wait a minute. What's what's my level of commitment? Do I, am I like two minutes or? Do I finish? I don't know. I don't. I don't want to wait that long. <laughs> I don't want to wait. But you're the genetic <laughs> jackhammer, sir. <laughs> I don't want to wait. <laughs> I can't. It's it's all painful. <laughs> and like you sue him years from now because like in the middle of trying to have sex with your wife you get this mental image of him like, oh no, god it's the worst P PTSD I lose my erection every single time 
post-traumatic sex syndrome. Oh God. Um, I've, I've done all I can do. Do you have any closing thoughts on another award-winning episode of Katie Vick is alive, alive. I'm done. After the basement scene, I'm done. (laughs) I'm done. And a happy Christmas to all of you. If you are shopping for presents, Still time to get great deals from Amazon at our website, which is katievick.com. Shop through our website, our uh, Amazon store, which is katievick.com. Bryant is on Twitter and Instagram, at Sports, B-R-Y Sports. Uh, on TikTok, he's Stanley Jackson 23. Uh, the show is at Alive On Instagram, I'm B-Dub for Reels, B-D-U-B, number four, R-E-E-L-Z. And on Twitter, it's at Britt Whitmire, B-R-I-T-T-W-H-I-T-M-I-R-E. Until next time, fans, we'll see you ringside. Fans, that'll do it for this week. See you next week. And until then, so long for now.